Rattaloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 907, August 18th, 2022. Back in 1976, we reached a record high, 98 degrees. And just the year next, the year later, 1977, it was 41 degrees for the record low. I, I hope you were uh, enjoying what's left of our swimming season using the products from Aquaside, a White Bear Lake company that's been keeping beaches and swimming areas free of lake uh, destruction. It's free of the lake. Not lake destruction, uh, free of lake uh, crud. Weeds, algae, the whole deal. Aquaside takes care of that. They've been doing it for more than 60 years with products that are easy to use and work quickly. Registered with the EPA and DNR so they clear all those safety hurdles. They're completely safe products. There's no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond. Call Aquasite. Tell them what you're looking at. Specifically, tell them what you're looking at and why you think it's a problem. They'll help you identify that problem, get you the right products, and they'll ship quickly, and your place will look great all the rest of the summer long. Call Aquasite at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office... Above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Our friend Angie, who wears a mirror ball helmet to the fair. <laughs> sure does. He hates to call attention to himself. Well, he is in the Garage Logic Hall of Fame, isn't he? Uh, yes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Whose fault is that? Right. My, we my. had trouble missing his paperwork. Well, he's announcing his own appearances at the fair. <laughs> <laughs> he's issued a press release. No, he has not. Right here. Right here. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Angie will be in attendance on the first Friday and the first Monday, camping out behind the stage between those dates. I don't doubt it. Angie will be presenting a few items salvaged from Angie's house fire in Feb 2021 for acceptance to the GL Museum and Interpretive Center. Got it. I didn't know we had one. In addition, Angie once again submits his request for a state fair game. Not married anymore, but it felt like forever. <laughs> Wait, he gets one of those. That's pretty good. Got it. Got it. Humbly submitted, Douglas C. Niedermeyer, former sergeant-at-arms, now spokeswoman for the Inge experience. So that's uh, uh, Inge's announcing his the first Friday of the fair and the first Monday of the fair. The only Monday will be there. And then in the interim, he'll be camping out behind our building ah okay copy well, that wait so does that mean rook and i just booked another guest no there it is there no. we go there it is no. <laughs> uh, um wait a second whoa i like to hang out behind the building joe i'm uncomfortable with this i know that's for you to deal with ingy though i can't <laughs> i can't control Good luck that. with that bro hail the flashlight king hail, hail you, you. Well, that was more like it, boys. Well, I'm ready. Where has that enthusiasm been? I don't know. I don't know if we that can That rough it and ready confidence. That O2 confidence. Hail the flashlight king. Hail him. Huh? Oh. 
it's back. Joe, while listening to yesterday's show, uh, when you and the boys were discussing the names of the current schools that could possibly be changed, this was in our Patrick Henry discussion, you stated that all of the so-called compass names, north, south, east, west, etc., are safe from being changed. I believe... I believe that this just I believe that this just demonstrates your toxic masculinity and utter disdain for the female sex. There is not a woman in my life who could follow directions using north, south, east and west. <laughs> oh, wow. To be fair, the school should be named after landmarks such as Minneapolis Dairy Queen on the right side of the street yeah. or St. Paul Burger King on the corner. Let's keep yeah. everybody happy and make sure no one is offended. Shall we? Good luck to us all, Jeff Pedro in Roseville. All righty. And finally, dangerous, dangerous points, but well taken. I I think so. Rookie, this is from Tim Buck, too. Okay. Rookie has the uncanny ability to retrieve the most obscure movie <laughs> trivia from his massive brain. He even knew the correct name of the fictitious automobile company that Chris Farley owned in Tommy Boy, which was released 27 years ago. But here is some real-life Chris Farley trivia that could stump the Polish prodigy. In a case of life imitating art, Chris Farley was actually related to one of the most powerful men in the automobile industry. Does Rookie or any of the dummies know who this might be? I don't, but I know that uh, he was the nephew of Mr. Donald Stephen Farley that lived on the corner of Randolph and Mississippi River Boulevard. That's neither here nor there. Because he grew up in Wisconsin, right? Yes. Yeah. Chris um, Farley's cousin is Jim Farley, the oh, current Toyota. president and CEO of Ford Motor Company. They were born Wait, only what? two years apart, and Jim Farley actually bears a resemblance to Chris Farley, although he is not quite as hefty. In addition to running Ford, he is also on the board of directors of Harley-Davidson. Jim Farley might well be the ultimate GLer, And then... Uh, Tim uh, linked me to his biography, and you can see the family resemblance in his official corporate photo. I was officially stumped there. Of course you were. But I think I added a tidbit of information. You he did. was a local. Uh, he was a local banker. Well, he's Steve a, Farley. Yeah, but Chris, the Farleys were Madison, Wisconsin, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're still my buddy Steve Farley is cousins with Chris Farley. Did you ever see the Chris Farley entrance one night on the David, David Letterman, Letterman show? It's oh, it's all over YouTube. Yeah, but it really it pains me. I, I can't breathe when I watch it. And he managed to. I know. And throwing the guy in the dumpster. Well, the guy he threw in the dumpster was that a setup? Do you think? Yes. Yes. Had sure. to be. It had sure. to be. Had to be. Well, the best part is when Go, it, he went outside in the street and threw the guy in a dumpster. In a dumpster, it's fantastic. And then but, he does cartwheels. And when he finally sits down, he's out of breath. Right. And then Dave tries to put his what do you call microphone. it? The, the microphone. Let's call it microphone. Well, yeah. but anyway, he tries to adjust that, and he says. Maybe take it light on the candy, you know, because he was so. <laughs> which was the perfect response, because Letterman's the best. But it was, yeah, that's it's great. It's very funny. He went to mass every Sunday. Who? Chris Farley. How do you know? His uh, cousin told him. His, Steve Jim his Farley told, told you that? No, Steve Farley, my buddy. I know there's some St. Paul Farleys. They're up there. That's a that's the St. Mark's Farley. That's a different uh, Kevin oh. and those guys. Are we They're doing not it by parish now? Yes, that's the they're the bad Farleys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, uh, I think it was Adam Sandler that uh, talked about him. I'm going to get to this. That uh, sounds right. delicious, Kenny. I'm going to get to this right now. For real. 
it saddens me, and I think there's much to be mined here. Dodge is going to stop making the Charger and Challenger in 2023 as electric vehicles supplant those muscle cars. Parent company Stellantis, which sounds like an ulcer drug, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Parent company Stellantis said Monday that it will halt production of the Dodge Charger and Dodge Challenger in December of 2023. To commemorate the vehicles, the company said Dodge's lineup next year will feature seven special edition models, each of which will have a last call plaque under the hood. Customers will be able to choose between or among the Demon, Hellcat, Red Eye, Scat Pack, Shaker, and Jailbreak, and a seventh model that will be announced at an automotive industry convention in November, and I believe that will be a Challenger convertible. Okay. It's a Netherlands-based company, Stellantis, said it plans to refocus the brand on its electric vehicle offerings. We are celebrating the end of an era and the start of a bright new electrified future by staying true to our brand. Tim Kuniskas, a Dodge brand chief executive officer at Solantis, said in a statement. I've looked up how many Dodge Challengers have been sold in the last several years. Mm-hmm. In 2019, they sold almost 61,000. In 2020, almost 53,000. 2021, almost 54. And this may surprise you, 2022, well, so far, only, uh, well, it's 25,000. We're over halfway through the year. So Stellantis, which owns Jeep and Chrysler, said, and Fiat and many more, Abarth. Stellantis, which owns Jeep and Chrysler, said earlier this month that it's investing $99 million in plants in Michigan, Indiana, and Toronto so workers there can start producing hybrid electric engines. The company is also partnering with Samsung to build a, 20, a $2.5 billion electric vehicle battery plant in Kokomo, Indiana. Dodge plans to announce details about its electric lineup next week, a spokesperson told CBS Money Watch. Dodge introduced the Charger in 1965 and the Challenger in 1969. The Charger received nationwide exposure as the original, I'm sorry, as the orange-painted General Lee in the television series Dukes of Hazard. Dodge stopped making the car in the 70s, brought it back briefly in the 80s, then discontinued again. The Challenger brand has also appeared in TV shows and movies. Today's version of the Charger launched in uh, 2005, and Dodge has built 3 million of them since then. The company said, so your sales figures are a little short. Hmm. The 2023 Charger and Challenger models will be available in 14 colors, including sublime green and plum purple. The vehicles will be sold at specific Dodge dealerships. Dodge hasn't disclosed a price for the cars yet. Muscle cars like the Charger and Challenger represent a unique style of high-performance vehicles, popularized by U.S. automakers in the 50s and marketed for their powerful engine and sporty design. Muscle cars are typically two-door vehicles with lightweight bodies designed to help the car go fast. American interest with muscle cars surged in the 1960s with the popularity of drag racing and as more customers purchased cars like the Pontiac GTO, Ford Mustang, Chevy Camaro, and Plymouth Roadrunner. Uh First of all, I think this move is premature. I think it's driven by political pressure. 
It's driven by the government taking from automobile manufacturers virtually all of their liberties and demanding of them what kind of mileage peaks they have to reach with their fleet average per mile. Uh, it's driven by wokeness. I'm terribly disappointed in all of the automobile manufacturing companies. The, they, the world is not ready for electric vehicles. Uh, it's a long way from being ready for, for electric vehicles. The uh, degradation to the earth, if that's your concern, and it certainly isn't. The climate movement has nothing to do with the earth. But if that was your concern, the uh, excavation of the earth for the precious minerals needed to make the batteries is terribly, terribly harmful. Just go look at a picture of a lithium mine. Correct. There's a bunch of them that are making the rounds, too, of the side-by-side of, for instance, a lithium mine and then next to what the Keystone Pipeline would have represented. And I've never seen a 10-year-old kid working on an oil well. No. Uh, But uh, heavily owned Chinese factories with mines in Africa use child labor. It's a dreadful, sinful situation. But it's a clean energy, Joe. Plus, this country is offering tax breaks to people who can afford it already to buy an electric car, uh, and they're taking that money from those of us who can't or will not buy an electric car. But you'll get a tax break if you buy one. Certain vehicles meet the threshold for a tax break. I can give you a television commercial uh, 30 years from now, if we're still around. Let's hear it. You recall the... uh, Shell. You recall the, I think it was a Super Bowl commercial. Standard Oil. The I think it was a Super Bowl commercial where the uh, the dad on the farmstead is seen uh, buttoning up what we can only puts putting in the shed what we can only presume was his wife's Chevy yes. fantastic mm-hmm. commercial and yeah because yep. he lost her apparently Correct. that was that was my supposition this is the one with the daughter right and then the daughter yes. uh, comes the daughter gets wind of this and wants to do this for her dad so she she approaches the guys at the local tavern and says, I want to fix up my mom's car for my dad. And sure enough, they do. And it was a Malibu convertible. And they, they did a gorgeous job. Here's your commercial 30 years ago. Uh, same thing. Flashback. Dad's locking up the last gas-powered charger. Uh, the son or the daughter open the shed and they see a, a tank with the faded word gasoline on it. But because they used seafoam, that gas is still okay. So, <laughs> nice. so they get the wow. car out of the shed and they bring it back to life and fire it up. The danger with these cars now becoming collector's items is, are they going to be collector's items if there's no fuel? The people governing us who are taking away our liberties, they don't want us to have gasoline. If they succeed in that, and that can't happen tomorrow or the next day or even next year, but if they succeed in that, is a, is, a, is a last of the Dodge Challengers or the last of the Mustangs or any of these cars, are they collectibles if you can't power them? Sure they are, yeah. To I'll keep go- in your living room. Right. Uh, threshing show season is about to kick in where you always see these steam-powered tractors 
Uh, and that's what it'll be. We'll be going to these shows in 30, 40 years from now, and all the old timers will be dragging in these automobiles from their, right. you know, their sheds and their barns, and they'll have, uh, you know, five gallons of gas that cost them a thousand dollars, and they'll fire them up for the crowd to ooh and ah. Back based, um, the car. Is a 1966 Chevrolet Impala convertible? Oh, it was an Impala. I'm sorry, Impala. And now I'm oh. watching it. I'm about to cry because yeah. I'm 66. I, I much preferred the 65. The uh, taillights much cooler than they the 66. They had the round taillights in 65. Yeah. remember that hot rod oh, I absolutely, had? Absolutely, yeah. Rook, yeah. what year did they go back to the? Um, 66. The standard taillights. Didn't 66 go horizontal? 65. 65 were uh, fishtails. Yeah. On the no, fins. Okay, let's not lose sight of this. This is an <laughs> yeah, important anyway, topic. This is right. an important topic. This is a sea change in American life. I'm not suggesting that everybody should drive a muscle car. That's not what I'm I'm driving at. What what's 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 the sea change here is industry so obviously direct is is politics so obviously directing industry. You'll recall that electric cars were well in production in the early part of the 20th century. We've covered this. And what, they, what the manufacturers decided was market forces much preferred gasoline power cars. Market forces are now being taken out of this equation. This, has a, this, this, this market demand for electric cars is a, is a misnomer. It's arbitrarily being created. It's artificially created mm-hmm. under the guise of... Uh, saving the earth, which the activists have no, no interest in saving the earth whatsoever. That's not what they're up to. What they're up to is having uh, the political class determine what industry shall and shall not do. Right. And so they've decided it shall be electric. We're not ready for it. They're not going to be as commercially viable as as gasoline, the, the the amount of energy produced by a gallon of gasoline is truly a miracle. Uh, the 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 country's not ready for this. Well, it's being forced. It's the forced manufacturers the manufacturers aren't ready for this, Joe. They're banking hard on things that just aren't there yet. I mean, we can talk about the infrastructure. Uh, there aren't enough charging stations. If this is going to happen, we need charging stations at every gas station. And those charging times need to be cut down to five minutes, right? not 12, 24 hours. Uh, the technology isn't there. Um, we still have big, big issues with battery fires, um, the slow charging. Uh, in winter, the heaters, they don't run on hot uh, water or, you know, antifreeze like right. normal engines do. The heaters just don't heat up, and what they do is sap the battery quicker. But see, everything you're saying corroborates my deeper thought about this, and that is it's a whole way of life yep. that is being forced upon you. Yep. Now, you say we need to charge that car in five minutes. You and I in agree because we're clinging to a conventional American lifestyle. I don't want to spend a half hour at the gas station. But the new, the new way, the new dynamic of looking at life uh, yeah. says we don't care if you spend a half hour at the gas station because they're not presuming you're, you're hustling to make your next dollar. So that means people aren't going to be able to get to work on time. Right. Products, the nature of work will change. Products and goods won't travel across the country in a timely manner like they're supposed to be doing now. Which they uh, are, by the way. You haven't heard anything about supply chain problems lately, have you? 
the road trip no. will be a thing of the past. Absolutely a thing of the past. And I'm, I submit it almost already is. The uh, I'm running up to the you know the cabin uh, in Canada or northern Wisconsin or Upper Michigan, that isn't going to happen. You need two days to get there. Well, not only that, but will that even be allowed? Will you be allowed to buy multiple properties? Oh boy, you're really going deep. On well, this well, one. just think of what this means. Yeah, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Wow, the 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 need to drive an electric vehicle is being brought about whimsically it has nothing to do with the market nothing it has nothing to do with need it has nothing to do with anything except this capricious will of the political class to control what you drive nothing you're right the market does absolutely not bear this especially at, at the current pricing of course not what's their next move Electric cars, and then what? Do, do, do they have a, a devious plan to, to stop all cars? We still need to get from A to B. Well, do you? Under the, under the new world order, Vival do you? you? It's getting from A to B that's under attack. Yeah. But if I live in Chanhassen... That, no, you're missing the point. The whole Think of the whole paradigm that, changing. That's over, Rook. Guys like Reavers won't exist anymore. What? You're yeah. running in from, where are you now? Why You're do you down think, in Mankato. Right? Why do you think there's this move for this sustainable urban living? Because, because the, 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 uh, the elite class doesn't want you on your 10 acres with a white picket fence. Yeah, but... Let's go back to Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry confronted George Washington. George Washington thought rural living was anarchy. And Patrick Henry preferred to live farthest away from the country's tallest buildings because he thought that represented his liberty, which it does. Mm-hmm. Further is in addition to farther is time. Did they, I say the right word? I think so. Okay. They will kill the countryside. Well, they'll kill the country. They'll kill the country. The entire country. Before, the before country. you pause. Yeah. Because I want to tell you about some dogs. The, the beauty of that ad, I, I watched the full-length one while you were... Uh, yeah, no, I just wrote you. I wrote you your new one from thirty years from now. Um, the the beauty of it was there was hardly any uh, talking. Dialogue. Right, it was right. just the, the slow guitar playing. But you got to hear when he fires up the remade '66. Okay. How cool is that? Three twenty seven Super Sport. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll provide this link on the Garage Logic Such, website. By the way, I, I'm not ready for this to be over. We're I'm not think, going to be over. Think of the times. Spot. Think of the times you go out west and you're driving through Montana and Wyoming, and there's an exit that all it says is ranch access only, mm-hmm. and you go down the ramp and it's a gravel road down yeah. there, and it and it's a guy's driveway that's about four miles long. Right. That guy will no longer exist. No, especially if Gates and China are buying up farmland. Oh boy! Now you're taking it to a whole new level. <laughs> what so do you the got fi- there, uh, hot dog? A week from today, the state fair starts with Iggy's first appearance. And pro- Iggy, uh, no, he oh, said Friday. Friday. Friday, you're right. And the official food on a stick for Garage Logic is the Prano Pup because these guys have been GLers since before GL began. They founded Prano Pups in 1947. I'm talking about the Carnes family, Greg and Wayne. But here's the deal. I know people who are going to budget for the fair because prices are way up right. for everything. Yeah. 
okay, here's what they're doing for for all fairgoers, including GLers. They're holding their prices at the 2019 level. No, no one that. at the fair that. will do that. I love Absolutely that. Absolutely not. They're holding including the prices. Us. They're holding no. They're holding their <laughs> prices at the 2019 levels at all eight locations throughout the fairgrounds. That's a good enough reason to support Prano Pups. Not to mention that they're better than corn dogs. They got a different dough. Yeah, it's a different deal. Yeah. All right. It's all in the recipe. It's a wiener done in a bun, and it's the original food on a stick at the state fair. But think of that when you're budgeting or you're putting extra change in your pocket at the Prano Pup stand. Uh, those prices are going to be what they were three years ago. Thank you, GLers, for remembering that. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here, and you've heard me talk about my relationship with Josh Arnold for quite some time now, and the reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Well, actually, it's two reasons, trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. As he says, past results do not guarantee future returns. Well, that is true. Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments, and you can trust Josh to make sure that you are not paying more in fees than you are selling in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would think. So do yourself a favor by booking a 48-minute free, yes, free consultation that has absolutely no obligation. Call Josh today at 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You will be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. Justice and the Souchere. Well, I fell for a prank. A uh, recently married smart, ac- smart aleck uh, GLer sent me a nice e- email. He, he set me up. He was asking about the proper application of seafoam to his auto. He included a photo that I was to click on to further see his point. That picture, which uh, included his new bride, was in fact so distracting that. Uh, I didn't even notice the car. <laughs> very, very clever, Mr. Funny Man. But here's the deal. It does, it does remind me. Sea foam as a gift. What says I love you or appreciate you or a happy wedding, good luck with the new wife, um, or maybe a gift to, to say uh, I need you to keep quiet about a few things that happened at the bachelor's party. Uh, a couple, two, three cans of sea foam. Tell him or her to keep one in the emergency kit in the car. All GLers do that. It cures what ails our cylinders, carburetors, injectors, and yeah, a few ounces in the crankcase, a few hundred miles before an oil change. That's going to make the bottom end happy. Make it a gift pack of seafoam and make that GLer happy. Uh, you can find the stuff anywhere. Anything is sold. It's everywhere. Truly a wonderful product in a world of bad gas, seafoam. I was never a muscle car guy. Uh, you weren't? No, and the timeline of my life had it uh, be that I came to own my driver's license at exactly the same time that muscle cars were taking over the, the market. The Challengers and the Mustangs and the, uh, uh, you name it. Trans Am, Corvette, yeah, Camaro. And, and, and I went the other way. Cuda. I went the other way. I went for the four-cylinder British stuff, and I have no explanation for that. Well, you were a hippie. You were, you were a drug-addled hippie. Well, maybe that's it. But the uh, <laughs> and and to this day, I can't claim to to have owned a muscle car. 
I've had very uh, high horsepower cars. What was the half car? That Would was that, a, that was a no. Volkswagen. That was two hundred and fifty horse, but in that in that package, it was a rocket ship. Okay. The, uh, but I I, if, boy, if I won the lottery, I'd buy one of the ones, and just keep it as a collector item, because I, I just think this is the passing of a, something extremely important to America, which was look what we can do. Look what we can do with the internal combustion engine. And, and, and if, if the electrics are so desirable, puzzle me this. Uh, I'm also reading that Dodge, Dodge's electric charger will have a, a means of creating the noise of the Dodge internal combustion charger. That harkens back to putting baseball cards or playing cards yes, it's, it's on a, your spokes. Exactly. On your bicycle exactly. when you were 10. <laughs> but here, here's a typical way the news gathering institutions write this. What site is this? This is a CARE 11 site. They probably picked it up from NBC. Dodge's gas guzzler muscle cars. Oh, you frauds. Wow. The Challenger and Charger had a signature note. Now its reimagined electric vehicle will be as loud as those that came before it. On Wednesday, Dodge CEO Tim Kuniskas showcased the concept for its future Charger Daytona SRT, which is all electric. After announcing the car maker will be discontinuing its gas-powered muscle cars, enthusiasts were left wondering how the car will be different. We think we're going to bring a car to market that customers didn't see coming, Kuniskas said. Uh, but they are definitely going to hear this one coming. What will this car have that's completely ridiculous? Uh, what are they going to have? A speaker. Mm, wait, let's think about this. <laughs> oh, and beside the sound, what are they going to put on the electric car? Oh, come on, you guys. we got to figure this out. Flashing lights. If this is so important, why are you doing this? Meter. A meter of some no. sort. Exhaust pipes. There's oh. no exhaust. Right. And presumably the sound that they're going to fabricate will come out of the exhaust pipes. It'll sound like that 66 Impala that yes. they fired up in the shot. Well, that's a good say, point. Would, would that just have to, is that something that's regulated? What is? The exhaust pipe? For manufacturing Exhaust pipes are necessary for internal combustion. No, I understand that part. I'm just saying, is that something that has to pass some type of code for... I I doubt it. It will have nothing to do with pollutants. And what did you say? They're going to re-what? Reimagine. Imagine a future with freight trucks that deliver bread and milk. Imagine you driving around on one of these. And the buses (laughs) that take children to school and and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produce zero emissions. Turn this bimbo off. What an idiot. Made me nervous. Idiota. The concept car made its debut at the presentation with a loud thrum that can go up to 126 decibels. This is a stark contrast to most electric cars on the market, which are traditionally quiet. Dodge also announced the future muscle car will have a multi-speed transmission. Unlike the traditional single-speed transmissions and other electric vehicles, Dodge intends to emulate the experiences and sensations of its traditional muscle cars with its redesign. Kuniskas did not mention how much the car will cost when it goes on sale in 2024. 
We are celebrating the end of an era and the start of a bright new electrified future by staying true to our brand, said Kuniskus Dodd Dodge brand chief. Six of the seven heritage models will bridge a connection to past models of the muscle cars, according to the announcement. No, no, that, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. You're, you're replacing what works with something that you know will be so disconcerting to people that you're trying to pretend it makes noise. Yeah. And you're going to offer an exhaust pipe. Vroom, vroom. There'll be some dude. I got a little kid that has the battery-operated all-terrain vehicle, a little teeny thing. And that's what it does. You turn the key and it goes vroom, vroom. That's what this is going to do. They're making vroom, vroom cars. This is, this is a sad day, I think. It's a sad day. Uh, it is the forcing upon one of this country's most magnificent and groundbreaking industries, merely political will, which has nothing to do with market demand, nothing to do with need, nothing to do with energy, nothing to do with anything except these idiots are practicing their, theo- uh, their theology and their, their theology is calling for electric cars because they have the misinformed idea that they're actually uh, valuable to the earth, which again, they're, they're not. They have nothing to do with the earth, nothing. nothing. Uh, it's a sad day. Imagine, though. I don't want to imagine anything. I'm imagining a world that we don't recognize, which is the mystery. And I don't know how so many people became so comfortable. Uh, well, because they've been brainwashed since they were young. That's tra- why. Crashing the auto- There's no car culture among the young anymore. I, well, I've told you this a million times. When I was a kid, the high school parking lot was a car show. It still was when I was okay. a senior in high That's school. That's gone. I thought that was the kid, the kid drives mom's Honda Odyssey to school and doesn't give a bleep. Right. <laughs> you know. You know what they've done? They've imagined. Uh, they haven't imagined anything. You made that comment, though. Was it at back to the 50s a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Just how you don't really see that many 20-year-olds there. It's a dying breed. Anymore, which is sad. Well, go look at the values of Model A Fords. Uh, you'd have to be my age to even find it interesting but model a fords have long since passed their peak of interest because you have to be my age to even remember them but model a fords were terribly expensive collector cars for a time and now you can get a beautifully restored model a ford for very affordable prices don't we because the the demand the the guys who want them are dead they're dying you can turn that analogy on wood boats too absolutely uh, I'm, I've got a Parker's Prairie rowboat boat that cost about five grand to restore, if I remember right. Yeah, it's worth a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, old tractors, both gas and steam, same thing. Market's upside down. I'm this old. How old I, are, I, are you? I remember Model A still in use as somebody's daily driver. Really? Very infrequently. Very infrequently, but I remember it. Hmm. So at, at the time, it would have been... So you got that going for yeah. you. You take that memory with you. At the time, it would have been, say, a 35-year-old car. Such. What's 35 today? What's uh, to, 2022 that'd be, minus 35? That'd be... Uh, 1987? 1987. Well, you'll see a 1987 car on the road once in a while. 
Oh, a Caprice Classic. Mm-hmm. Such uh, Jewel and I have been looking for this car that used to be in the area. It was in a shed. It's a Model A that the mail carrier put airplane, balloon airplane tires on so ah. he could deliver the mail in the winter. Wow. And that thing is rumored to still exist uh, somewhere in the area in somebody's shed. Isn't it great when there's still a rumor of something you thought yeah. would exist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and you what, exhaust all searching. Yeah, I'm still trying to track down my grandpa's Minneapolis Molina. I, I don't yeah. want to brag, but you know, I used to roam the mean streets in Mankato State in the old 1987 Pontiac Bonneville. Yep. You know, Ooh. she had the rust from you know head to toe. Sure. Termites were clinging for dear life just to keep her in one piece on the streets. <laughs> Those were some days. I remember getting ready to replace the engine on that 82 Olds Omega. <laughs> That was four-cylinder? I don't know. Three and a speaking, Okay, yeah, speaking three. of that, you brought up something. You mentioned that Dodge made the Charger in the 80s. That I car, don't recall that. Uh, that car was based on the Omni, Yeah. the Dodge Omni, an absolute pile of crap. Well, the Omni what, was like a square car, wasn't well, it? Look well, what, look what Mustang did with the Mustang Two. Yeah, it's it, it's the same thing that happened to the Mustang in the 80s. Those cars kind of look uh, <laughs> s- similar to each other. Uh, and even Shelby stepped in in the 80s to help out Dodge and made a Shelby Charger, but it's still it was still ugly. <laughs> the Omni had the aerodynamics of a shoebox. I mean, it the was Hassels, <laughs> the Hassels next door had a Dodge Omni. I remember yeah. it. Yeah. Well, no, the, the Dodge Omni in the 80s I'm looking at was an attempt at being sporty. I mean, it wasn't completely square, but it just missed Gosh. the mark. It Let's stay mark. with Chrysler, now Stellantis, in something very charming. The New York City government owns 30,000 vehicles. All right. Okay. It is the largest municipal fleet in the country. It includes everything from police cars to garbage trucks and salt spreaders. But one of those vehicles is just a bit more special. What's that one? It's a 1952 Chrysler Imperial Parade Phaeton that has been featured in some of the most famous parades down Broadway honoring America's heroes, sports champions, and other dignitaries. It's a black open-top car. It's one of three that were built by Chrysler and loaned out for use in civic events to help promote the brand. It's celebrating its 70th anniversary this year, and New York still uses this Chrysler Imperial Parade car. That's a ray of hope. What, what year? What 1952. Year? What a luxurious land yacht this thing is. Two were earmarked for New York and Los Angeles. The last ended up being operated by Chrysler out of Detroit. The third one was originally intended to go to the White House, but instead of that, because of gifting rules, the corporation retained it and loaned it out over the Midwest to different parades and events. Brad Rosenbush, the manager of historical services for Chrysler's parent company, Stellantis, told Fox News Digital Autos editor. 20-foot-long, three-ton cars are based on the Imperial Crown limousine, but they're equipped with a dual-cowl Phaeton-style body that features an oversized rear passenger compartment with a bulkhead and windshield separating it from the front seating. Steps on the rear bumper and handles on the trunk allow for security to ride along, and an extra set of seats flip out from the bulkhead. 
The cars were maintained by Chrysler in the early years. They were repainted and redesigned in 1965 with new grills, lights, and larger tail fins to better reflect the automaker's latest production car styling. Uh, New York's car was first featured in a parade held on December 18, 1952 for Lieutenant General Willis D. Crittenberger, a World War II vet who ended his career as the commanding general of the 1st Army at Fort Jay on Governor's Island, located off just lower Manhattan. It was black at the time and repainted uh, white during the update. A restoration in the 80s brought it back to its original color black, which remains today. John Glenn wrote it in 1961. Chrysler donated it to the city in 1961. In the following year, it was used to carry John Glenn upon his triumphant return from space as the first American to orbit the Earth. He became the first and still only honoree to be paraded in it twice. In 1998, after he set a record as the oldest person in orbit during a space flight on the uh, shuttle Discovery at age 77. In between, it carried several of the Americans who were held hostage in Iran. They were saluted by their country following their repatriation. The last time that happened was in 2021 when the city held a parade for frontline workers. Registered nurses Sandra Lindsay, the first American to receive a COVID-19 vaccine, was asked to ride in the car. She and other essential workers had the opportunity to ride down Broadway through our canyon of heroes and be celebrated for the amazing work they did to get us out of the throes of the pandemic. Uh, I'm looking it at has it right a, now. It has, a, it has a 5.4 liter firepower V8. Uh, it's a massive, massive engine. Uh, it's brilliant cherry red on the interior. Mm-hmm. It looks like a long version of the car Barney Rubble drove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a great Joe DiMaggio and Yogi Berra finally got their chance when the successors won the World Series in 1996 and 2000, respectively. They dragged those fellas out for a ride. The Los Angeles car had its original white paint replaced with a silver-blue shade during the 1955 redesign. Los Angeles still owns its car, while the third one also lives uh, in the city at the Peterson Automotive Museum. Chrysler sold it to a private buyer several decades ago, and it changed hands several times before it was purchased by the museum in 2001 for an undisclosed price. Haggerty's manager of valuation analytics, John Wiley, said the cars could be worth over a million dollars if they were put up for auction. Uh, They are invaluable and they are a priceless part of our history. And Chrysler Stellantis said there are no ideas about selling any of them. Want a neat sidebar to that? Yeah. The guy that designed that car, working for Chrysler, also worked for Studebaker after the war. And he's the guy that designed the Starlight Coupe, and it was before the bullet nose. You remember the bullet nose Starlight Coupe? Absolutely. uh, uh, But listen to this. Exner, after he uh, left Studebaker, went over to Chrysler. Exner is the guy that developed the tail fin. Mm -hmm. Chrysler was first. Mm -hmm. Before those cars were even ready for sale, 
Chevrolet was copying them. Wow. They saw those tail fins and they started putting them on everything. So the guy that designed that uh, Chrysler you've been talking about, Virgil Exner, absolutely a famous designer in the world of automobiles in the 40s and 50s and, and Chevy, into the 60s. Chevy had the fins by 1957. Right, they copied them right yeah, away. Yeah. Uh, the CEO, from what I'm reading, saw those things and said, uh, we're going to be redesigning each car line, Chevrolet through Cadillac, putting fins on everything. Okay, now think of this. In 30 years, if we're still here, right. we only key, have 12 left, key. though. There will be nothing romantic or no. nostalgic no. or memorable about what we're calling the automotive industry. It will be an arm of political bureaucracy. Yep. It will have nothing to do with the free market. No, I think I think you're really, really onto something, and you sh- sh- surprised me. I thought we were going to just do a car segment here, um, but them do changing. Do I ever disappoint you? Uh, yeah, frequently, oh. daily. <laughs> um, but them changing the way we live our lives and right. changing America is what this is all about. Yes. And charging a car changes your life. Yep. Okay. Uh, a friend, a friend, a former student of mine at Creighton, uh, Doug Evans. He is part of the uh, a group on Facebook, the Mid Minnesota Motorheads. Okay. Oh, I, I know those guys. Okay, and yeah, they're huge I do dealers. Endo- yeah, I do endorsements for them. Oh, do excellent. Well, I'll tell yeah. you that Doug. We lost Troy Lee, who was a buddy of Doug Evans. Uh, I, he had a coronet or what was it, coronet? Dodge Cornet. Yeah. And, and Doug went ahead and restored that in, in Troy's honor. This isn't going to happen anymore. If you, What's going to happen to this mid-Minnesota motorhead group if they don't have stuff to tinker with? Because they want to embellish the engine or increase torque or horsepower. I don't want to restore a government car. <laughs> That's what they are. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's the best term I've heard so far. I don't far. want to restore a government car. That's what they but, are. But that's what I'm saying. They're going to just fade away into, you know, once their cars that they've restored are, are no longer, that whole group is going to unfortunately go away. My Triumphs and MGs have four- and six-cylinder engines that harken back to British tractors. Mm. Harken back to World War II and post-World War II. Now, you're not going to find this kind of power at EcoFun Motorsports. But you're going to find power, and you're going to find gasoline-powered scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure, youth ATVs, also a full line now of the Vespa scooters, the classic Moto Guzzi motorcycles, the high-end Aprias, and the electric bikes. 25 different types of electric bikes at EcoFun Motorsports with two locations the brand new store in Forest Lake on Highway 97, almost immediately west of the interstate. You get off the interstate, you go west, boom, it's staring you in the face. Pow. Also a store in Burnsville on the uh, service road of life, located right off 35W, just south of Pawn America. Look for the scooters and the bikes and the windows, but it's more than that. It's great people, great service, helmets, apparel, and uh, probably the world's most renowned expert, on electric bikes, Kalen Bloom, uh, and you'll you'll leave EcoFun with the right electric bike. I was there a day a guy from Nashville drove up to get one. I remember that. And he was test driving it in the parking lot. Countrywide. It's a wonderful, wonderful stuff, wonderful gear. Maybe it doesn't have Hemi power, right? But you're not looking for that. No. You're looking for exercise and you're looking for fun. EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake and Burnsville has you covered.
You know, when you hear the uh, the two words Red Wing, you think of quality footwear. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, it's a rook here telling you about quality footwear and where it can be found. Red Wing does mean quality. It's a product that you invest in to be comfortable or maybe perform better at work with top quality footwear. That's what you get at Red Wing Shoes. Red Wing stores have experts in making sure you get the best fitting shoe or boot possible. They don't have boxes you go and look through and at the side, find your size. No, they have experts that know how to find the right footwear for your job in the perfect size. So again, I can't stress it enough. Start buying shoes the right way again. Step into a Red Wing store and get fit properly. Where are they? Circle Pines, Columbia Heights, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, St. Cloud. They're everywhere. And I tell you what, they last a long, long time because I am a Red Wing owner. Red Wing Shoes. Work is our work. Here's a guy that forgot to play a liner. Joe Souchere. Still going to forget to, so go ahead. Okay. Rich in Maple Grove, lock and safe. He's a Minnesota State Fair guy. He's offering up an early State Fair special, a 10% off all safes, or even better, 20% off select Liberty safes. It's through the August 25th. Uh, but you're going to have to stop into Maple Grove Lock and Safe and chat with Rich to nail down the right safe that you think is going to work for you. You'd think it'd be easy enough. you got to go to the uh, website. Uh, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Get familiar with uh, the Liberty lineup and then get into Rich. He's got over 100 safes in stock right now. Um, and he knows, he should know, that no two people and no two safes are alike. So keep that in mind when you're shopping around the Liberty. It's the best safe you can buy. Um, and there's a lot of different options in their lineup from different fire protection, theft protection, etc., etc. So uh, you want to get the knowledge you can at the website and then go in and visit Rich, that early state fair special. It's 10% off all safes or 20% off select Liberty safes through August 25th. Maple Grove Lock and Safe, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, and the website, put a .com at the end. There you go. I'm terribly smitten by that Chrysler Imperial Parade car story. I've been holding on to it since August 12th, determined to, to mention it. You know what I'd like to know? Go. I'd like to see where it's kept. Mm. Huh? Huh? Well, you, huh? See, you don't think it's the garage behind it in those photos? I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere there, in there New York a, a wooden, is this car. A wooden garage with the, the garage door open that it seems like it should be more revered than just thrown in there. In the in the best James Bond movie, which was Skyfall, because it actually had a plot, mm. the uh, James goes down the alley to an old shed, a garage, and he's got the Aston Martin in there. Mm-hmm. And he takes, uh, who, who is the gal? Uh, the head of the uh, Penny? No, the the older gal, uh, not Q. Never mind. Anyway, he gets out the old. You, ass do you mean Martin. you don't mean Money Penny? No, no, his boss. Oh, yeah, um, M Skyfall, James Bond, Eve Money Penny, um, M M right. I think it was M. Yeah. He called her yeah, mom. M. But in Istanbul, a... M16 agents James Bond and Eve Moneypenny pursue Patrice, who was stolen a hard drive containing details of undercover agents. Never mind, Chris. It's okay. M orders Moneypenny. Okay. 
It's okay. I was talking about the car. Okay. Yeah, of course. You what was the rejected uh, James Bond for Skyfall? Wasn't there a rejected? A rejected title uh, for Skyfall. I'm trying to think what that was. Uh, oh, no. Uh, let me think about it. Uh, Judy Dench. As Judy M. Dench, yeah. Well, he takes Judy Dench. They pry open the doors of this old shed, and off they go to northern Scotland in the, in the Aston Martin. It was just a great scene. Okay. Javier Bardem was also in that. Oh, he's a great bad guy. Yeah. He was a great bad guy, a frightening bad guy in No Country for Old Men. Oh, my goodness, yes. Terrifying. Flipping the quarter. Oh. And he killed people with what? What was that? It was an air compressor, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, something like that. It was terrible. I, uh, courtesy of Jordy, I have a statement by the chairman and CEO, the president and CEO of Smith & Wesson. Uh, which is a firearms manufacturer because firearms manufacturers are uh, in the crosshairs now, to use a uh, firearms term. They're in the crosshairs of the political class who don't want you to also don't want you to have a gun. They don't want you to have a car either. We're a long way from the liberties that Patrick Henry espoused, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, but this, uh, as, as Kenny uh, noted, he provided me this. this. This might as well be right out of GL. What do you got? A number of pilot. This is the uh, president and CEO, Mark Smith of Smith & Wesson. A number of politicians and their lobbying partners in the media have recently sought to disparage Smith & Wesson. Some have had the audacity to suggest that after they have vilified, undermined, and defunded law enforcement for years, supported prosecutors who refused to hold criminals accountable for their actions, overseeing the decay of our country's mental health infrastructure, and generally promoted a culture of lawlessness, Smith & Wesson and other firearm manufacturers are somehow responsible for the crime wave that has predictably resulted from these destructive policies. But they are the ones to blame for the surge in violence and lawlessness, and they seek to avoid any responsibility for the crisis of violence they have created by attempting to shift the blame to Smith & Wesson, other firearm manufacturers, and law-abiding gun owners. Mm. It is no surprise that the cities suffering most from violent crime are the very same cities that have promoted irresponsible, soft-on-crime policies that often treat criminals as victims and victims as criminals. Many of these same cities also maintain the strictest gun laws in the nation. But rather than control the failure of their policies, certain politicians have sought more laws restricting the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens while simultaneously continuing to undermine our institutions of law and order. And to suppress the truth, some now seek to prohibit firearm manufacturers and supporters of the Second Amendment from advertising products in a manner designed to remind law-abiding law citizens that they have a constitutional right to bear arms in defense of themselves and their families. To be clear, a Smith & Wesson firearm has never broken into a home. A Smith & Wesson firearm has never assaulted a woman out for a late-night run in the city. A Smith & Wesson firearm has never carjacked an unsuspecting driver stopped at a traffic light. Instead, Smith & Wesson provides these citizens with the means to protect themselves and their families. We are proud of our 170-year history. We are proud of the commitment of our employees to make a quality product. We are proud to provide law-abiding citizens and law enforcement, our customers, with the tools to provide for their security and independence. We are proud of our responsible business practices. 
We will continue to work in, out alongside law enforcement, community leaders, and lawmakers who are generally inter- genuinely interested in creating safe neighborhoods. We will encourage those who genuinely seek protect, productive discussions, not a means of scoring political points. We will continue informing law-abiding citizens that they have a constitutionally protected right to defend themselves and their families. We will never back down in our defense of the Second Amendment. Mark Smith, President and CEO, Smith & Wesson Brands, Inc. Mm. That's just fantastic. Here, here. Yeah. You know, in a, in a way, I could link that to automobiles. How so? Come on. Careful. Well, just, repla- Careful. just replace a few words. A number of politicians and their lobbying partners in the media have recently sought to disparage the the Dodge and Chrysler motor products. Some of us have had some of them have had the audacity uh, to suggest that after they have vilified, undermined, and defunded the internal combustion engine, they are now blaming us for the air pollution, which they say is ruining the earth. You can go on and on and on. Mm. Same Mm. thing. Same thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The political class introducing itself yeah. to the industrial class, which has, they, they, those should forever be separated. It is no surprise that the cities suffering most from uh, carbon dioxide are the very same cities that have promoted irresponsible, soft on carbon dioxide policies that often treat cars as victims. And, uh, I can just keep going. Never mind. Never mind. It's a great piece by the, uh, the head of Smith & Wesson. It's a hell of a piece. Uh, the rejected Bond title uh, for Skyfall was Sky My Finger. <laughs> That's why they chose um, Probably a good idea. Skyfall instead of Sky I don't get My it. Finger. You know why Skyfall was the best? I, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you can say that. Oh, I can without a hesitancy. It why had a great plot, and the plot was Javier Bardem was a fallen away double O agent, at odds with uh, Judy Dench, mm-hmm. and and he had files on everybody, and they had to rein him in. He was wreaking havoc. You know what he did? He got something on him. You know, you've dragged that up now about. Uh, it's come up. I don't know why. Five it, times. Uh, you know, that's our dick. third, third Nixon reference on the show this week. I think third I just times said a that. Charm. I think I just said well, that. Yeah, but you missed the most glaring one. Which? When Patrick called out your uh, photo yesterday, this guy used to be a. Uh, what did he say? A Nixon hating. A Nixon hating liberal. liberal. Whatever happened? <laughs> what to happened to him? <laughs> well, I started making money. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's your that's the that true was, answer yes sir yes yes oh farewell the muscle car but it's not just the muscle car it'll be every gas-powered car it's your entire way of life and your existence yeah. you think you're going to drive a new government car to show your aunt bessie new. remember when you got a new car you used to have to get in it that night and show everybody you knew yeah are you old enough to have that phenomenon? I remember here's, it. I wasn't yeah. driving at the time, but yeah. here's what I used to do in the '65. You drive past banks and other buildings that have ground to ceiling yeah. uh, glass, yeah. and you go really slow because you can look over and see the reflection of your oh, cool yeah. hot rod in the yeah. window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of life's simple pleasures. Yep. <laughs> One of the reasons I bought that Fiat 124 Spider is it's no longer made. Stellantis put the put the hammer on it. Mm. 
Hmm. We're not going to make that anymore. You still have it, right? Oh, I don't. I don't intend to get rid of that one. Yeah, that one's got to be parked. That's true collectible. It's you got a, under? Is it under twenty still on the, on it? Just turned four thousand miles. Yeah. You well, in that case, you've got to stop by ten. Wait a minute. Uh, not wait a really. Minute. Four thousand. Yeah. I put that on in July. Yeah. I know, but this is a. This is a. I've uh, literally put that on in the last two weeks, right. Joe. This is the car that MG and Triumph could have become. You know, the windows actually go up and down, and you don't need four neighbors to help you put up the top. And Well, this is the one that when it's in the garage, right, Rook, it, the, the hood's always open. Yes. They all it's, are. It's propped open. And that's a man test in GL. Nobody <laughs> can put stuff on it. That's, that's the answer. Stop putting grocery bags on my... That's exactly why they're up. You can't put anything on the hood. <laughs> you are so messed up. Because yeah. when women and little kids put stuff on a hood, they tend to drag it off the hood... Thus, you're scratching. Why not a blanket? I don't want a blanket on there. Put a blanket on there. I did have a blanket on once, and the kid said, is your car cold? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Pretty good, kid. Same kid who busted uh, uh, Nick Gordon for what she thought was his cell phone use between outs in the oh, outfield. Oh, yeah. The, the, the that turned game. into a political post I'm never on your, tweeting again. On your the part. hell with him. Grandpa, is your car cold? Yeah, is it cold? <laughs> Kids are the best. Yes, they are. They are the best. And they shall never be wounded. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, is Patrick joining us today? Yes, because he has a uh, he has a sponsored appearance weekly here in Garage Logic. Well, I, does he know about Gator Hooks? I don't think so. You know, it occurs to me that... What does it do, Joe? No, it occurs to me that Gator Hooks is something Patrick could actually manage. Yes, it's They're that easy. Not complicated. They turned every metal surface in your garage into a storage area. Wasn't he recently doing some landscaping, or is he sweeping out the garage? He's never done landscaping. He might have accessed a broom. Okay, but that maybe, would be maybe it. that's what it was. He's sweeping out the garage. Gator hooks are a new invention. They're they're very cool. They're 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 not these magnets you use when you're a kid to see if you can get the atom dust off the ground right. or meteor dust off the ground. Mm-hmm. You know they're really strong because they've patented a multiple poling surface. It has north and south and east and west poles. Pat. You can't pull the magnet off the surface with your bare mitts. No. You just flick the little plastic lever, and off it comes. And what do you do with it? You walk to another space in the garage and you say, I like my storage right here. I like the rake section. So you can move the You can department. move these things around. They have accessories. You can place baskets between uh, a couple of uh, gator hooks. You can turn toolboxes, steel shells, cabinets, workbenches, fire doors, second fridges and freezers. Into storage space. Reaver's got a neighbor who takes his gator magnets with him to the job site. Put them right on the side of the pickup. Hang stuff up while you're working. Uh, well, the first time I saw it, I said, this is, uh, the, you know what this is? It's a boom. It's yeah. neat. It's just a boom. It's, it's neat. brilliant idea. They work. It's something that works. It's just fascinating. Because the whole key to organization is keeping things off the floor. You free up your floor, you suddenly have a lot more room, and you can free up the floor with gator hooks. Life changer. Go to the website, and you can watch these things in action and learn more about them. GatorMagnetics.com. Positive Thursday is brought to us by SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. That means Mr. Mike Schoonover, the Fender Bender Mender, is here with us. Schoonover is right there in Shoreview, 1060 County E, 
Mike, it's one week from the fair. I'm really hoping, and I haven't told Such this or Reavers or anybody, but I'm hoping you can join us on the first Thursday, next Thursday at the fair, a live in-person appearance for Positive Thursday. Only if I get a Prano pup. Yeah, we'll set you up. <laughs> you mind if I, I'll probably take a bite no, out of it first. Awesome, that would be fun. I would look All right. forward to that. So uh, I learned something really interesting, Mike. Um, when you're not wearing your seatbelt in certain vehicles, and you crash, the airbag doesn't go off. I know a guy in a high country, a 2020 Chevrolet, a really nice truck. Uh, had a crash, not wearing his seatbelt, the airbag didn't go off. Uh, thankfully, he didn't go through the windshield or anything like that. But uh, I I did not know that. Is that the case in a lot of vehicles? Uh, Kenny, I don't know exactly. But, I mean, number one, uh, the seatbelt should be clicked. I mean, that is just the, that's your main safety harness when you're in a car. So I, I just hope that everybody's... Man, if you're too lazy to put on a seatbelt, you should be driving. You know. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. aside from that fact, if if it's if it's, uh, I don't know if that is in there by design. Um, I do know that we've we've fixed numerous cars that have been hit pretty hard, uh, and uh, you know the airbag system did not go off. But you know, more importantly, the occupants got out and walked away. So. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, you know, the design of or the engineering uh, that goes into the programming of of the you know the the computer that tells the you know when the airbag to go off and or when it should not go off. I don't know what goes behind that, but I, I do know that it's uh, how quickly you uh, accelerate, decelerate, and then also the impact. If there's you know if the impact is near the sensors in the front or in the side of the car. Uh, you know, that's generally when an airbag will go off. So, and then there's times where the airbags go off and it's just a really light, you know, like why did these airbags go off? Cause this, this is just a little minor fender bender. Right. Uh, so I, you know what, that just, it just goes to prove don't trust technology. Right. That seatbelt. You got a, you got a manual safety harness there that you are, you can use and you can buckle up and, and that generally is going to keep you safe, you know, cause if you look at most of the the deaths that occur in car crashes, it's usually people being ejected. I have a happy ending crash story. Uh, a buddy of mine drives a belly dump, a semi with a belly dump. He was uh, sitting on, on the highway, waking, excuse me, waiting to make a left turn, and a gal ra- uh, rear-ended him. Um, she was in an SUV. She was at speed, so I'm assuming you know 55, 60 miles an hour. Uh, he's got one of those pushers on the back of his belly dump that the dozers can push you out if you get stuck. She hit that. The airbag went off. She got out and uh, walked up to the cab and said, that was my fault. Oh, man. She, at speed. There is nothing left of her vehicle. She got out and walked up to the semi while my buddy was sitting there rubbing his neck going, what the hell? Can you imagine that? Yeah. That's the combination of a seat belt and an airbag. That's true, and then and then also this just the, the the fact that the vehicle maintained its structural integrity. I mean, the cars are designed to get crushed. Yeah. But the cap or the you know where the occupants sit, um, you know that's made of some pretty heavy duty sheet metal and and ultra high strength steel and stuff. 
and it's amazing what these cars do but come on i mean these 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 manufacturers are building really really nice vehicles that'll keep us safe well but you gotta put the damn seatbelt on you gotta do it please put your seatbelt on glers please we want you around each and every one of you uh count for something for both gl and schoonover body works anything you need related to auto repair uh schoonover body works is the place glass service work uh, like engine service work or uh, drivetrain service work body work oil changes tires you name it call up schoonover body works and glass and you'll get hooked up with the right people 80 years strong in shoreview uh and our fav- one of our favorite clients here mike glers thank you for choosing schoonoverbodyworks.com Is the town ball gala tonight? Yes, sir. Pat, are you going? I'm going. Yes, I, I am. I'm going to be there. Uh, had a little memoromania just now, though. Reavers called me and he said, "Are you ready?" And we talked for a little minute. And then I hung up. I wonder. I forgot why he called me. <laughs> <laughs> I forgotten why he called me. That's a little memoromania. So yeah. yes, it is. I I just was. Uh, I'm just finished having lunch at. Uh, the Edina Country Club with uh, Teddy Stark and a bunch of guys. Teddy Teddy has been a member here for 90 years since birth, and uh, he was uh, telling some pretty good golf stories that uh, we might be able to use. He was once the club president at the Edina Country Club, and uh, he got a call one night at 10.30, and a guy complaining about the steak he'd been served mm-hmm. at the Edina Country Club. <laughs> So Teddy took it in, and then uh, about three days later, he called us at 1 a.m. He called the guy and said, Hey, you want to give me a little more information about that steak now? (laughs) (laughs) I think that was a good strategy for a club president, what you say. Yeah, how was the food today? (laughs) How was the food today, buddy? (laughs) I didn't wake you up, did I, at 1 a.m.? No, no, no. No, I'm, I'm asking you, how was the food today? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, a little, uh, I had a little, one of those little country club sandwiches. Sure. You know, Joe, Can't go just, wrong. We went, uh, yeah, we went, uh, we went small today, but they have a guest day out here and I thought they were going to get rained out, but they're hanging in there pretty good. So uh, they're all playing. So okay. hopefully it's not going to rain. Too Are bad. you there right now? Just sitting in the parking lot. Is that, did, car, did yeah. they renovate that place? Ah, uh, boy, the country, the, uh, they definitely renovated the clubhouse. Okay. And, uh, you wander around uh, for hours trying to figure out where you're going. They, uh, they spent a lot of the members' money on that place. Yes, they All did. Right. Is that the course where Joe uh, had his uh, early on golf? Yes, yes, that's where the birds that were, uh, that's where the swans that were actually made out of wood got up and flew away when Joe hit the ball into the water. No, you're, but you're wrong. The, the you're wrong. Was, the best was Guy Green or No, Harry. you're wrong. It was Edina Country Club. Yes, that's where we are. That's where he is. I thought you said Hello? you were at Interlochen. No, oh, he Edina, said Edina Country Club. Oh, Edina. Okay. Got it. Okay. The sight of, the sight of your comeback to golf, and aren't you sorry you ever did it? All I really am. It's given you, you know. <laughs> Just think how much 
more peaceful your wife life would have been the last 30 years if you had never returned oh, to the Grand Ole God, Cage, what a so. mistake that was. Yeah. Yes, yes. Our twins don't play tonight. No, we got a day off before the uh, Texas Rangers, who have just fired everybody, come to town. They uh, they spent a lot of money in the off season. Uh, they spent five hundred and twenty five million on a shortstop and a second baseman, and then another hundred and some million on a pitcher, starting pitcher, and they're terrible again. And the owner of the team said we've been terrible for six years, and he fired the manager. And a few days later, he fired the team president general manager personnel decision so they have shaken it all up down in texas mm-hmm. well you but still the like the do you, do, you, do you still think the boys are headed for a 500 finish well if if molly ends up having a bad shoulder i'm not terribly optimistic uh i had not paid enough attention to his uh to his season this year when they got him I didn't realize that he'd had a little shoulder uh, situation in Cincinnati and missed uh, two, three starts, and now he's got the same thing. I don't know what the MRI result was today. We probably won't know until tomorrow. But it sounds like he just kind of, you know, got a worn-out shoulder, and that that ain't good because you need him. No. Yeah, Yeah, he's been, he's been fun to watch. Yeah, he's been good. He throws it over, and he's, uh, you know, and they've, they, but the problem here is, you know, they let him uh, go six innings each of his first two games. Well, now that he's got a bad shoulder, that'll never happen again, baby. You'll be another one of those four and two-third guys. So. Mm-hmm. I now, by the way, am a fan of Sonny Gray even more after he was asked, oh, so you went into the seventh inning for the first time this season. Yeah, I sure would like to do that more often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bravo, <laughs> yeah, Sonny Gray. Met, right? Yes. Yeah. Are any complete uh, games in the majors this summer? I think so. That's I think amazing. Twenty-two or three total. Really, like that. that many? I'm surprised it's yeah. that many. Yeah. Well, you better. Uh, you better. Uh, when I uh, when I wrote the piece Wednesday about the Tovar game and in, uh, in uh, 1968, Joe, where he yes. played nine positions. Yes. Two hours and 18 minutes. Did we ever find a film of that? Don't have film have uh, audio tape of it, but they, there's the game was not on television. Okay. So there might be a Channel 5 might have a like a 10-second interview with him after the game, you know, like they used to do, but yep. uh, not uh, the game was not there. That was a year when there was 50 games on TV, and not many of them in September. So right. they, Joe, that game was not on TV. Who knows your ball better than your guy, Roycey? MLB has 22 complete games this year. Woo! Uh, my guy, Sandy, is it El Quintera? Is that how we pronounce it? With the yeah, Miami the Marlins? Miami, yeah. He's really good. He's got three alone. So. Really? Mm-hmm. He's going he's to pitch 210 innings, and nobody else is going to pitch 190, I don't think. He's going to pitch uh, well over 200 innings. They just they just use him. The hell with it. They, uh, I wonder, too, if, if he had any other manager other than Donnie Baseball, if he, if he was going to be allowed to go that long because Donnie's kind of well, an old school. Larusa would allow him to go. That's that true. Long. Yep, that's true. I don't yeah. think Rocco would. God no. Oh God no. Oh. I think I might have stepped in it a little bit uh, on Twitter, Joe, for one of the few times in my life. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I pointed out our, our guy Doe, who covers for MLB.com, has uh, been celebrating the fact that. Uh, 
uh, all those people criticizing Rocco for uh, hooking these guys before the third time in the order. And then if, if one of the opponents kind of uh, uh, urinates himself and was facing him the third time, you know, right. he'll then put that on Twitter, right? That's kind of a celebration of Rocco's genius. So yesterday I looked it up. I figured it out that the pitcher for Kansas City, uh, the Twins were 5 for 17 and scored four runs the first two times through the order, and then the third time through the order, they were 0 for 7. Mm-hmm. So I tweeted that and said, please retweet Dole, you know. Yep. And uh, so he responded, and then I responded in kind of a, uh, a you know, kind of a smart-ass fashion. So I think I'm now perceived as uh, as is in a feud with this fellow, even though I don't intend to be in one. I just wanted to point out that... Uh, Oh, uh, you know, you know, oh. there's another, you know, sometimes that doesn't work. <laughs> um, he, he's not the only person you're in a feud with on Twitter, Royce. Who's that? Who? The mayor, Joe Sucheray. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh. How, how am I in a feud with him? After the picture he tweeted I didn't, I didn't, I didn't respond. I don't care. I, I retweeted it. Yeah. Somebody else sent it to me. Right. And I just pointed out that the guy down on the right corner used to be a Nixon-hating lefty, and whatever happened to him. Right. That's all I, that's all I tweeted. And my answer was, is uh, I started to make money. And then it was <laughs> yeah, right. pile pile on Joe on Twitter after oh, that. God, they, everybody yes. came after him. That's okay. I don't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I do have to say, I wore a kind of a sport coat and uh, my bad hairdo there for that photo. That Was that a wig, by the way? Dippity do, huh? No, no, I had good hair then, and all of a sudden, four days later, there was none left. I don't know what happened. <laughs> okay, but, uh, okay. You're not the only but, one. I'm looking at a bald head right now. <laughs> but uh, but Joe was, uh, you know, he, he just said him. That's what he was wearing that day when they took that photo. So uh, yeah, you put a little thought into it, Pat. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I did. And uh, was that? I don't think that's the best photo of me, though. My favorite is the check sport coat over the check shirt. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> a good Why were those photos taken? Were we the president of the baseball writers? No, that's remember when they used to the media covers. They oh used yeah, to have a page yeah. yeah. It was not the media book but it was the the program they used to have a page of all us idiots right uh a lot of white guys in that photo yes there is not Not a lot of diversity diversity either by gender or race (laughs) no collection of people yeah uh royce i've got another i've got another thing we had was fat white guys skinny white guys old white guys younger white guys that's all we had yeah and most of them were heavy drinkers uh (laughs) I have another question for you. Uh, I love Chipper, and I love the piece he did on Gladden today, but I think it would have been more fun if you had gone out there and uh, Gladden had told you to bring a pair of boots and he put you (laughs) to work. That would have been fun. I actually was was out there early in the pandemic and uh, did a piece on how uh, him, you know, he uh, kind of started – the World Series uh, phenomenon with a grand slam home run in the first game in 87 and then scored the winning run in 91 and kind of did on that. And we featured the broken bat 
that yeah. uh, they, that was not out there. But the uh, the broken bat that the fellas, I see he's changed the timeline for when he went to get the broken bat uh, after they destroyed Roy Smalley's townhouse. Uh, they were uh, Chili Davis and Scott Erickson rented Smalley's townhouse oh, that God. year. Yeah, and. Uh, and that's where the post post game party was, and uh, they uh, they they didn't leave Roy's townhouse in too good a shape. Those guys, uh, the whole Twins team, celebrating there. But uh, then at six or six thirty in the morning, Gladden asked Clayton Wilson, the the equipment guy, "Where's that bat?" He said, "I put it in the garbage bin." down at the ballpark and he says we got to go get that bat the broken bat that he got the double with right and so they drove downtown at 6 30 and we, the question always was who drove yeah, right <laughs> right at 6 30 in the morning well, uh, which one of you two very sober individuals drove down so yeah. six thirty, they must have got up early, had a little breakfast, yeah. and then uh, yeah, and then made their true. way. Small served up some sausage. That's uh, <laughs> Gladdy and this, Gladdy and this one had it around five a.m. So it didn't quite sound. That's a that's a better version of that story. But all of Dan's stories are kind of fluid in that way, aren't they? <laughs> mm, well, you know. He doesn't want to get specific about a lot of things. Right. So, I, who can blame him? Yeah. Generality served the glad man well. Does, yep. he, does he actually farm this property? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. He's mm-hmm. a psycho for it. Well, it's not. He's gross stuff like hops. hops. And, uh, yeah. All right. And, and stuff like that. But, he, I mean, it's not like he's growing grain to sell to the, you know, the local grain elevator or anything like that. It's, right. I mean, it's. Uh, does he have animals? He's got a man, what's he have out there? He's got a few. I think he's got horses for his, his, his daughters who aren't. I think only one of them is in town now. Hmm. But uh, I. But he's. I've been out there. It's nice. It's like sixty acres out in St. Bonifacius, and it's. Uh, and uh, it's good. But don't uh, don't think that uh, that it'd be a good idea to go out there if you're just a citizen to see what's going on without an invite. Yeah. Right. I think I'm glad he's. Glad he might have some armaments out there. Well, I, I just, you know what? You know. Now, now that you bring it up, uh, I just want to tell uh, all the GLers he's not the only one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just keep moving, pal. <laughs> Why? Whatever do you mean? It was a great piece, though. Glad he is. Uh, you know, I mean, it's. Uh, uh, you know, the funny thing is. Uh, down in Fairboat tonight. Uh, I hope to see Jim Eisenreich down there as an MVP of the, the former MVP of the state amateur baseball tournament. And if Izzy hadn't had his problems, we would have never heard of Dan Gladden because Jim Eisenreich would have been leading off and playing left field for the Twins for ten years. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, so the Galas tonight and the tournament starts tomorrow. Tomorrow at seven thirty mm-hmm. is the first game at. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Fantastic Belfield in Fairbanks, Minnesota. Uh, single game elimination? Class C is single elim, Class B is double elimination after the first round, and those games are being played in Dundas and Meesville. Is there a Class A? There is, but that tournament's separate from I the see. Class B and that's C tournament. I think that's being decided this weekend. Correct, yes. It's in St. Anthony again this year, I think. Does every state have a version of this, pretty much? Not really. This really? is the strongest not, one not in the like union. Not like we have it. Yep. Not, not the number of towns, not hmm. teams that Minnesota has. I think we have more than California. 
Really? So, yeah, we're, uh, it's 200 and, oh, I just looked this up the other day, 230, I believe. It is. I know we had, uh, they've lost a few then. I, I think, think we have lost a couple, but it's still so you're a very. probably not counting A, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Correct. You throw A in there, you're probably up at about 250. <laughs> Over 200 teams of Uncle Rico is what you're saying. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly right. <laughs> Uncle Rico would have been a good. He would have been a good right fielder for about half these teams. Right? You go out. They, the nice thing about town team ball is it still carries the tradition of putting the. The uh, weenie head who can't really play in right field. That's like we, we did you mean for us. The rookies. That's, you put that's, the rookies. That's in where right I played. <laughs> Please, God, don't hit it to him. Yeah, well, that's what I, yeah that's what, what we were saying, too. Yeah, whenever I filled in on the softball field, like for ball, you know, up at the uh, village or whatever. Please don't hit it to me. Please don't hit it to me. Please don't hit it to me. <laughs> we played. Uh, I, I played with a guy one year where I was in center field. He was in right field. The ball was hit directly to him. He looks at me and he says, Raves, you got room. And I said, well, it's hit to you And as I'm hustling over. So, yeah, there's been, there's been players yeah. like that throughout the years. I'll talk to you Monday, boy. All righty. Looking forward to it, baby. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. See you. Wasn't his appearance sponsored? Yeah, by the Canopy Group. We'll hear from them in a minute. Okay, good. You will? What about the Brainerd thing? That's on Monday when he's in studio. Oh, that's right. Okay. What about um, Danny Gladden and his farmhouse? I bet he's got an old farmhouse that could probably use some new flooring. Maybe. <laughs> you know, that old shag, green shag carpet. But Danny's the, the kind room. of guy that the price needs to be right. Well, Redmond's going to have to <laughs> yes. give him a discount, right? He's going <laughs> to yeah. he's gonna go call yeah. Mike and say, I'm Dan Gladden. I'm in the Hall of Fame. What does that get me? Right. What kind of discount are we talking here for now, the Dazzle Man? What Michael do with the... Uh, <laughs> I don't the, think he's in the Hall of Fame. Twins, twins Hall of Fame. Twins, Hall of Fame. twins Hall of Fame. Yeah, Twins yeah. Hall of Fame. And yeah. he, he would make that distinction because that might give him a little advantage with Mike. But Mike is a straight shooter, and he's not going to give Dan Gladden that carpet or that vinyl overnight because they take their time. you got to have the right design, and that's why you go with Redmond's Flooring and Design in Anoka for the past half a century. Check out their website, redmans.com, R-E-D-M-A-N-N-S.com. Check out the reviews. Again, it's not an overnight operation. I'm not going to put uh, carpet or vinyl in tomorrow. These things take time. You have to have a plan, and once you pick out the product that you'd like at their design center in Anoka, they'll start the process. Check out their website, carpet, hardwood, tile, vinyl, all sorts of great stuff, free estimates. And I want you to check out some of the reviews they have. They work with Mohawk, the biggest name in flooring. And Mike has a crew there that is second to none. That's why they've maintained 50 years in this very competitive business. 763-316-3332, Redmond's Flooring and Design, online at redmonds2ends.com. DK Mags is a full-service gun shop in New Brighton and on the web at dkmags.com. We all know responsible gun owners always lock up their firearms, and DK Mags has all varieties of gun locks to keep those firearms safe and inaccessible or inoperable to those who shouldn't touch them. DK Mags, they buy unwanted firearms from individuals and estates, so keep that in mind if you're thinking about thinning the collection. DK Mags also offers storage options for firearms if you need that 
uh, option. DK Mags 443 Old 8 in New Brighton. Uh, they have a wonderful staff and a great selection. Very fair prices. Check out the other location, Monticello Pawn and Gun. You'll find electronics, tools, and a variety of crazy and unusual items. Monticello Pawn and Gun, they're hiring right now, so give them a call if you need a gig. 763-295-6955 or stop in, shop, or fill out an application. 1219 Highway 25 South in Monticello. Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. As you set out to explore Minnesota this summer, think about this. I didn't even know this. There are 234 cities in Minnesota with a population over 2,500, and the Canopy Group has clients in all but seven of those. Why is this fact important? Because the Canopy Group's experience in all those Minnesota cities gives them a unique edge in getting you the best home and auto insurance coverage at the best price. Remember, the Canopy Group offers 16 insurance companies for a reason. That's to match your specific situation for your area with the absolute best insurance company for you. This is done every year because your specific situation may change. This experience working throughout Minnesota provides thousands of Canopy Group clients the peace of mind that knowing that Canopy Group is working for them. Please visit thecanopygroup.com today. I am rolling. Scramble time, bruh. You thirsty, Gil? Yeah, for sure, there. Thank God today is Friday. T G T I Thursday, Friday. It's the scramble, Joe. Huh? I know how much a fan you are of quality water. I do like water. And that's why I'm here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer, and they offer sales, service, and rental units for Connecticut water treatment systems. I have one, and it's fantastic. It includes water softeners, iron, rust, and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. And here's why Connecticut is the best. They can do things that other water softeners cannot. It will cut down on your salt usage, but think about this. It's going to protect your appliances. And that's because bad water can affect almost every aspect of your home. Trust me, I had horrible water uh, back in the days of Carver, and uh, this Connecticut system made a world of difference. But more importantly, your showers are going to be better. Your laundry will be better, and not to mention your drinking water. So please get in touch with my friends at Hofferman Water today. I am a satisfied customer, and I can't recommend the Connecticut system highly enough. Call them today, 952-894-4040, or just visit their website, which is HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Let them know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic podcast. You heard the scramble because we're not going to be here tomorrow. Correct. We're all going to be at the town ball tournament. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're throwing X's tomorrow? Tomorrow yep. we've got the big lid lifter. Mm-hmm. The Loretto Larks are taking on the Waterville Indians. Who do you like in that matchup? Sweet, uh, sweet Loretta. I can't believe that team is still called the Indians. I'm a little bit shocked by that, too. Loretto Larks, by the way, feature former Twins third baseman Corey Kosky. Yeah, but Larks is the name of a cigarette. That shouldn't be allowed either. Or a bird. It's the name of a Studebaker. Yeah. It is? Yeah. A Studebaker Lark. And then mm. there was Lark cigarettes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's the first one. Nothing I had something I was going to tell you that was terribly important. You Were they to... both marketed to women, weren't they? I believe the Larks? so. Yeah. yeah. Show your feminine side. They used to have a flatbed truck that would drive around town and say, show me your larks. 
Hey, now. Hey. Dirt just during right. Mardi Gras, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from... Wait, you have that wrong. She was driving a flatbed Ford, and she slowed down to take a look at me. And then said, show me your larks. Correct. From Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans at Worldwide Waftage... Dot com. It's on this day in history, Minnesota Eight, history. 18. 1929. Picture this. Okay. A 350-pound bear was killed in the Hotel Duluth Lounge. The bear had followed truck driver Arvid Peterson and his shipment of fish into the city and, attracted by the smell of food in the Hotel Duluth coffee shop, had broken through the windows of the lounge. The hotel's night watchman, Albert Nelson and an unnamed local resident confronted the bear, hitting it with a chair and a hammer. Others called the police, and Sergeant Eli LeBeau shot the bear after first trying to corner it unharmed to return to the woods. The bear was the third killed in Duluth that year. Wow. How slow was the truck going that carried the fish is what I want to know. Right, right. And then for him to walk in there, hey, bear, get out of here, bear. On this day in 1993. So was that after the stock market crash? When did the stock market crash in 29? Uh, not till uh, October. Why? Okay, okay. I think. Why do you ask? Oh, just uh, the hotel. What was the vibe of the hotel? It but it probably sounds like a it was... big deal. And and then yeah, you know, get your lumbermen and your ore men right. and your miners. And on this day in 1993, August 18th. Dan and Steve Butner of Roseville completed the first north-to-south bicycle ride across Africa. They set their rear wheels in the Mediterranean Sea 272 <laughs> days and 11,836 miles before rolling their front wheels into the Indian Ocean. Yeah, great. All right. In addition to... <laughs> Fascinating. Wow, good luck, guys. Yeah, this is Guy hey. in Plymouth wears blue shirt. Right. Hey, we're riding the bikes all the way down. In addition to such natural... Delicacy sees as the s- obstacles as the Sahara Desert, jungles and mountains. The men face malaria, civil war, thieves, and a lack of supplies. Sounds like a great plan. <laughs> Why are you mocking that? Well, I just um, an unnecessary risk. I think what rookie's saying is BFD. Right. Let me. I mean, you know, ride my e-bike to Nova Scotia. On this day in two thousand seven. Ooh. Flash floods killed seven people and caused $67 million in damage in Dodge, Fillmore, Houston, Olmsted, Steele, Wabasha, and Winona counties. Mm. People are evacuated from Rushford, Stockton, Houston, Elba, Minnesota City, and portions of Winona. I remember that because it was just a couple of months before our wedding and some guests, seriously, from that area couldn't make it because of that. that I remember it well. It was a lot of flooding. Elba. Population 100. Great know? fly shop. They used to have a great fly shop in town, really? right on the white uh, white water. Yeah. That's neat country down there. That That's is where very we cool. Went. Are you That's driving along in a, uh, sorry, Rook, uh, no, in a farm field, and uh, you go down the hill, and next thing you know, you're in the coolest valley surrounded right. by um, bluffs and trees and creeks and rivers. Oh, yeah, it's all twisties. Yeah. Uh, we would go camping in Whitewater. Uh, it would be like a guy's trip. And that was the location of the late, great Jeff Maddock sleeping in the tent, trying to relieve himself outside of the tent, and Steve waking up to a wet pillow in the morning. Oh, no. 
Oh, God. That's just not, that's yes. not good, but we did not that's, need to know hey, that. Steve, that's, that's not, not drool. No, it's <laughs> that I, sorry, I thought I was all the way out. Did it rain? Yes. Jeez. It's tent leaks. So we'll see you, uh, GLers, Monday. on Monday. Why don't you go over the state fair schedule one more time for the people that might not have caught yesterday's program. Well, the fair starts a week from today. We'll be there. We're going to do every weekday at the fair except the Wednesday of the fair and Labor Day Monday of the fair. And every show is scheduled to start roughly at noon Mm -hmm. with the exception of uh, a week from tomorrow, August 26th. That show will start no later than 11 a.m. And Jeff Dayton will be your featured musical guest. Wonderful. Friday, September, is that the first or the second? Whatever that Friday uh, is. Yep. Wonderful. Jeff, Jeff Marjorie's Dayton son, wonderful. Steve, uh, yep. called me during the show. Uh, I don't know if he left a voicemail or not, so we'll find out if she's going to well, let's, be in let's studio not, Let's not do telephone. this against her will. No, that's. I'm calling to find out what the vibe is. What yeah. does she want to do? She wants to be on the show. It may just be the telephone. Did she that's still fine. compete last year? Yeah. She's yeah. This, this year, year too. Okay. This year, too. Okay. This year, too? Yeah. Wow. Well, and of course, we'll have LD Friday. The early, the early start on Friday. Uh, we're having a live appearance for Mr. Positive, Mike Schoonover, on the first day, Positive Thursday. All right. You can do your ad live then. Uh, well, you're, we're all going to talk to him. Sure. Uh, you mentioned that fascinating story about bicycles and oceans and some, I don't know what it was. The I was Africa. cleaning up yeah, spilled coffee here. Uh, but it reminded me, uh, our gal Bridget McCutcheon, from Wisconsin, started her trip around the world last week oh, on yeah. her motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about that a little bit yesterday on a brand new episode of the Krabby Coffee Shop, uh, which is, by the way, the last episode we're doing without Dawn. She is making her triumphant return next Thursday before GL at the Minnesota State Fair. Are you uh, arranging to stay in touch with this woman throughout her journey? We're uh, Oh, Bridget? Yeah, yeah, we're actually following her. She's got a website and a tracker and the whole deal. So, yeah. Okay, great. Yep, yep. Thank you, GLers. Yes, thank you very it's much. See ya. Yeah, we didn't even break that to Pat because I guarantee he has no idea the fair starts next week. No, he does not. No. <clears throat> um, Marjorie is going to be on via the telephone. Okay. I just listened to his Very voicemail. cool. That's fine. Very cool. Oh, yeah, we did it last year, remember? We did? Okay. Good. We had Marjorie on the phone via phone line last okay. year. That's well, good. That'll be a technical you know. miracle, won't it? Well, that'll be fun. Can't wait. And if you want to go find, uh, you know, Garage Logic or another podcast, your housing for that is on your smartphone at PodMN. PodMN on your smartphone. Flip over to YouTube and subscribe to Garage Logic, and you will be entertained. Also, uh, we got Instagram. We're on the Twitter, the Facebook. All over, man. Have a wonderful weekend and thanks for listening to Garage Logic. Number 907. Oh, closing in on 1000, Chaz. Cha? Cha? Yeah. Cha. Cha. I love that. Time once again to check in with Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold and Jailers. Now is your time to check in with Mr. Money Talk, too, and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You call that number and you get Josh, and you're also going to get straight talk, and you are never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us once again here in Garage. 
Dodge Logic and Josh. Today, you would like to touch on that the Fed is back, and it's the Fed still takes precedent over earnings. Well, maybe the Fed has never never gone away, but the market overall, broadly speaking, instead of focusing on some of the micro issues, micro issues being individual company earnings reports, market is still focused in on the, on the Fed. The reading of the Fed minutes yesterday did give many market watchers some hope that the Fed is going to slow down and be a little bit more deliberate in their moves over the next several months. Many Fed watchers are debating whether the Fed has actually pivoted and moved away from aggressive tightening to being a little bit more data dependent. And others think the Fed should continue to be very aggressive in terms of fighting inflation by raising interest rates, tightening the money supply, and be so aggressive as to go overboard and even tip the economy into a recession. And if not tip the economy into a recession, definitely increase significantly unemployment. And by doing that, that will definitely ring out any inflation that's in the system. I'm probably of the camp that the Fed will be very measured in their continued interest rates moves. I do not believe that the Fed will be as aggressive in terms of quantitative tightening as had been anticipated as inflation uh, numbers seem to be coming down. The biggest parts of inflation that will take longer to come down will be wage inflation will probably be the biggest thing to wait to come down and gasoline prices. But we've talked before about the impact of energy on inflation. Uh, Next week, we'll get a little bit more Fed news as there's a major meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, of all of the Fed. And that's a much-watched event to discuss the direction that the Fed is going to take in trying to manage interest rates and create their policy going forward. In terms of earnings, well, the other day we talked that consumers are still alive and well based on Walmart and Home Depot's numbers. And even we can say with Lowe's numbers, which pretty much followed with Home Depot. Target, however, well, Target missed even their decrease guidance as they're going to increase promotional activity. Coal stores also had trouble and they cut their guidance saying that middle class is cutting back spending, but BJ Wholesale said otherwise with their report. So the message is still more mixed with consumer spending. And I think consumers are spending on things that are that they need and want. And money is still being spent on, we'll call it services and experiences, that being leisure and travel. And I think that will continue even with a slowdown, which is something that I have found long ago, and it's still part of the focus that I have in companies invested in or doing business in the internet, leisure and leisure-related companies, they seem to hold up very well throughout expansion or economic slowdown. Very good advice, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up that phone and make that call for that free 
free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and you're never going to get sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day, a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks very much, Chris. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.